being in the park, I remember I used to struggle being in the park because, you know, Lewis was real park age and pushing him on the swings and everyone else was in couples. It's a lot and you can't sugarcoat it. You know, it is a really tough time, but it gets better and better and better. There is so much light and hope at the end of the tunnel and, and a lot of laughs and changes. Hello and welcome to the Parenthood Pod. I'm your host, Leonia Kidanor, and every week I will bring you conversations that aim to smash the stigma on struggles we face as parents. This segment is The Vault, where we ask you, our community, what is keeping you up at night? Your messages remain anonymous, they stay in The Vault. To submit your confession, click on the link in the show notes. Welcome to the show. Hi, everyone. I have Kath here on the podcast with me today. Kath, welcome. Oh, it's lovely being on someone else's pod. Thanks for having me. (laughs) So for our listeners, Kath is a podcaster herself, as she mentioned. She's a former publicist, author of the book Currently Between Husbands, uh, where she writes about challenges of separation and divorce, um, solo parenting, dating in midlife, uh, following her separation with NRL star Andrew Johns. So that's why I wanted to get you on to get your all your expertise um, and particularly because uh, for this particular caller that we're, that's called in, you know, she's a new single mum and I can only imagine how tough that would be, particularly in the early days. So yeah, your expertise on this one would be, would be great. What we're going to do first, uh, Kath, is we'll cut straight to the caller now. Hi, Leone. Love the podcast and the honesty that so many people are bringing about their challenges as parents. My confession is that I have recently gone through a divorce which was soul-destroying and I'm struggling to bounce back. I have a two- and four-year-old in 70% custody. I feel like I'm going through the motions day-to-day with the kids, with my job. I'm so caught up in the guilt around our family being torn apart, the guilt that my children are now in a broken home, the guilt that I fuck them up for life, that it's crippling me. I do see a therapist, but I guess why I called in was I want to know if other people are experiencing this too. If they are, what strategies do they have in place to help manage their mental health during this difficult time? All right. So, Kath, I mean, I feel like where do we begin? So she's, you know, we've got this particular caller. She's in the throes of the, you know, early divorce. Um, Talk to us a little bit about how that felt for you, I guess, to normalise this for this particular caller. Um, Look, at the time I was the only person in my world that was, um, that had, you know, was about to go through a divorce. Um, and so I didn't have anyone close to me to talk about it with, hence kind of writing the book years later. But when it first happens, you're in, you're in shock, you know, there's grief, um, you're mourning the relationship, you're, you know, you've, your identity has changed because for so long you've been used to being a missus or a part of, or a, you know, a two, um, so there's so much stuff that goes on and it is, I always say to people, you know, just be really kind and gentle to yourself. And the reality is it might take, you know, for me, it took two years. It felt like it took two years cycles of everything happening to really sort of feel comfortable in my skin again. Mm. I know it really is, isn't it? And it's that whole, I, I can only imagine, particularly as a parent, that level of guilt that you'd be feeling that your kids are now, you know, implicated in the decision for you guys to part ways. And so they're moving from home to home. And I mean, how was that for you? 
Um, look, I think um, Lewis was five when it happened and we talk about it now. He's 13 and a half and he really didn't remember a time with, with dad and I together. He had a few memories, but not too many. Um, so so in my in my case, and, and probably for, you know, your listener who's got two youngies, two and four, in a way that is actually more beneficial to the child. You know, I've talked to friends whose parents have divorced when they were 17, 18 into their 20s. And it's, it's a lot of it. It's very different, I think, than, than a child, you know, being so small. Um, but the reality is, too, I mean, we've all heard stories of people who've stayed together for the kids. And then the kids have gone, we wish you'd split up years ago because we had to live and listen to the arguments or, or even not arguments, feel the tension. Um, but it is, it's, it is like, there's so many firsts when it, when it happens. And, you know, I remember like, there are so many tears and, and for any listeners going through this, that's okay. Like, you know, suddenly you'll stop crying is, you know, as one friend of mine said to me, you know, and I was like, yeah, you're right. But, but you do. And it's, it, it, it's weird things like having to ask your teacher, your son or daughter's teacher for two reports now and, you know, two school meetings and, you know, just things that you never think will trip you up. Um, or being in the park. I remember I used to struggle being in the park because, you know, Lewis was real park age and pushing him on the swings and everyone else was in couples. And, you know, I felt like I had a real big sign over my head that was like, loser, you know, marriage didn't work out. You know, it's so, it's, it's a lot. It's a lot. And you, you can't, you can't sugarcoat it. You know, it is a really tough time, but it gets better and better and better. You know, it really does. There is so much light and hope at the end of the tunnel and, and a lot of laughs and changes, you know? And so for me, I, I wrote the book, um, our marriage ended like two weeks before my 40th. And I remember my birthday's Christmas day. I remember lying in bed on Christmas day. I turned 40, like crying, thinking, oh my God, this is the end of the world. I've become a solo parent. I'm divorced. I've only just turned 40. Who's going to love me? You know, all of that sort of stuff. Um, you know, and I look back now, seven years on, and I'm like, that was the end of a chapter. Um, and then another great one started. You know, so it is not the end of the world. It's just the end of, of a, you know, of a, of a marriage. Even if it does feel like it at the time, right? Yeah. You know, do you think time has helped you heal or what do you think? A million percent, you know, and I, I say that in the book, you know, it's going to take time and it's going to take longer than you want it to, but it, it, it does get better. It is, it, I mean, they say it's like, it's like a death, you know, it's the grief losing the relationship, you know, and, and the, the tricky thing is you have to see the person that's died in inverted commas, you know, for drop-offs and pickups. And so it's not like a relationship that might have ended, you know, when you were younger and there was no children involved and you could literally delete them from Facebook and never see them again. You know, when you share a child, it's kind of forever. So, um, so yeah, it's, it, it just, it, time definitely heals and, and therapy, um, can, I don't know if you can hear the leaf blowers. That everyone has decided to start a leaf blower here. <laughs> oh, no, all good. <laughs> I can't. And I'm like, oh my gosh. But yeah, <laughs> you, you have to do things for your mental health. You have to, um, for me, the non-negotiables were like exercise every day. Even if you literally don't want to get out of bed, it's like exercise every day. Um, and, and really, for me, seeing a therapist helped. So however that is for you, I, I found somebody who was like a life coach um, and an energy healer. And she gave me some really good um, 
playing it forward rather than sitting on a sofa telling someone your story. It was like, I kind of want some tools of how I can get through this in the most positive way for me, for my child and, you know, and for my ex too, because it's, it's bumpy, you know, that the divorce period is bumpy. Mm, like a death, as you said, I, I can't even imagine. Question, how did you go? Because I think one of the hardest parts is being separated from your children, right? This particular caller has 70 in custody. Firstly, I'm like, gosh, having your child for, you know, on your own, you know, I, I'm like already intimidated by that. And so I, my, you know, that goes off to all the single parents out there because, you know, it's just a lot of work I can only imagine. But there's also that 30% of the time when you're by yourself, let's call it in her case. So I can only imagine you're walking past your child's bedroom. They're not there. You don't, you know, you've got that emotional tie. You you can't see them because the agreement is this or whatever it looks like. Talk to us about how that was for you. Um, look, uh, Andrew was when, um, you know, when we were together, he was, and still is a commentator. He'd finished his rugby league career, but he was away a lot. So I was already, I, I didn't feel like a solo parent, but I suppose I was doing a lot of stuff on my own because he was away. And, you know, the games are Friday night, Sunday, you know, usually when, when it's family time, because of the nature of his, of his work, he was away. So I was already quite used to my time with, with Lewis alone, but it, it is those times that they're not with you. It's so hard. And, you know, we all have those moments when you've got young kids, especially where you're like, oh my God, I would just love you to go away for a week so I can sleep and go to the toilet on my own and shower and watch my shows and not have to watch like whatever kids show you're into. And, but as soon as your child is away and it's not by choice, it's, it is really, it's really hard. Um, one thing I say in the book, and I do say to sort of people in the early days of going through this is remember that your child, when they're not with you and they're with your ex is with the other person that loves them most in the world is you, you know, and you have to really, you have to really believe that and let go because you cannot control anything that happens when your child is not with you and with the other parent. You can't control what they eat, what they see, what time they go to bed, you know, like any of it. Um, and so I think have knowing that kind of, I sort of let go of a lot of control and I sort of, it was just an easier way to accept that, you know, Lewis wasn't with me and rather than going, oh my God, what if he's up late and he's out of his routine and what if he's having Coke and burgers, you know, all of the things that, that when you're in a relationship, you can say to your other half, no, we don't, no, we don't do that. You know, whereas when you're not together, you can't, but there is definitely that, um, that's the best advice, you know, I, I, I think I can give to someone is, just let go of trying to control when they're not with you because you cannot control it and it just gives you angst and heartache. Mm, absolutely. I mean, talking about not being able to control what happens, you know, in, in the other household, did you ever fear or, you know, were you ever hesitant around the idea around, well, your ex finding someone new and then that person being the, you know, co-parenting with you too? I mean, I think that's a real um, stress for a lot of people who are newly single. I mean, talk to us a little bit more about that. Um, look, again, I think when it comes to um, your ex repartnering, you have no control over it. Again, that's something that you could drive you bonkers and you have to let it go. Um, Andrew moved on quite quickly but the partner he had for the first year lived in America so she kind of was in the house in blocks and she wasn't there too too much um and then I was really fortunate he repartnered with uh, a great girl called Kate they have a four-year-old now she's a lovely woman um and and so I've just had a, a positive experience with it and I think you know for people listening 
just try, always try and be respectful to, to whoever's around your child. You know, I think the better uh, relationship you can have with them is, is just is you know if you can make it a positive relationship for everyone because again they've they're suddenly they suddenly have a child in their life that isn't biologically theirs you know which comes I know from having friends who have you know stepchildren around them that comes with some difficulties and some learnings and I always think you've just got to kind of come at these things with love and respect um as much as possible and just hope <laughs> just hope that you someone they repartner with someone who's you know kind is all you really yeah. want. You don't sort of want anything else. You just want someone to be kind to your child. Absolutely. And perhaps share similar values to yourself, you know, because again, I think that, you know, one of the big fears is that transition between households and perhaps, you know, the way that they do it over in their household is not the same as mine. And for whatever reason, um, you know, now I'm worried because my child feels confused. And, you know, did you notice aspects of, you know, changes in behavior from, from your child, like at the time, like anything, any guidance you can provide around that? No, we were really lucky. Um, Andrew and I have always had a a pretty straightforward, um, relationship when it's come to co-parenting. We have a really open discourse, um, and no problems there. And and we were always the, we were always the co-parents that, you know, if you, if, if something changed date wise, it wasn't like, well, you've lost that day. It was like, yeah, no problem. We'll, we'll move it around. So, you know, while while I would not say that he and I are best friends by any stretch, when it comes to co-parenting, we do it really well. Um, I mean, and there are challenges along the way. We, when Lewis was in sort of um, primary school, it wasn't so, it was more straightforward. But as they get older and they need more textbooks or laptops or sport kits on different days, that that brings challenges, you know, having to buy two of things or really make sure that now if you've got everything for the days you're with me, you know, so that's, I do feel guilty when it comes to things like that for Lewis. I think he has that extra sort of, you know, as well as being a kid, it's these extra things he has to think of that somebody else, you know, in, in, a, in, a, in, a, in a household with mum and dad doesn't have to think about. Um, yeah. But it's funny, you know, the other day it, he sort of, he was able to sort of share with me that he'd talked and helped one of his friends sort of talk about their parents who were just separating. So I think he's sort of got that experience and knowledge and, and wisdom, even though he's only 13, to be able to, to let, you know, let his mate know it's going to be okay and, you know, things things will work out. So, yeah, I mean, I I, I just think it's it's a waste of time feeling guilty about what goes on with your kids. It's, it's really about communicating um, with them you know, early days, I think maybe two years into the separation, I took Lewis to see a child psychologist just as a check-in, you know, just for him to, to express to her how he was and where he was. And, and we only did two sessions and she was like, look, I think he's transitioned really well. So I think that's definitely money well spent if you are concerned about how your child or children are, are kind of navigating the, the end of the relationship. Mm, that's a great one. Did you ever receive, I mean, I'm sure you received questions. Like, I don't understand why aren't you and dad happy? Why do I have to have to help? You know, yeah. I, mean, I guess it's such a broad question, but just generally from your experience and perhaps the experience of others, any sort of hot tips around how to navigate those? Um, with, again, with Lewis, was, was it was pretty straightforward and he was at an age, I think you have to also talk to your child at, at an age appropriate way. Um, and you know, one thing I would say, I'm not sure it's answering your question 
is even if you wish them harm, do not speak badly about, you know, your ex in front of the children or child, or even if they're in the house and you're on the phone to someone, just be so mindful because literally is pick up everything because we know. And I just think it's not, it's not for them to know that, you know, and I, I, that's, it's, again, it's, you know, I know that, that people get pushed, you know, when, when divorce happens, as I said, it's bumpy, it's not always nice, but if you can always try and keep that away from them, um, you know, like silly things like early days when, when I had Lewis at home, um, you know, and I was really upset if I, I would drop him at school and then I would cry, you know, I would put him to bed and then I would cry quietly in the lounge, like you, things that you just have to manage around children because of course you have feelings and you want to let all these things out, but it's just, you know, trying to sort of minimalize the, what they're seeing mum or dad upset, you know, and, and I always, and I definitely things like social media, you know, don't put that stuff on social media about them. You know, you always see it pop up in your feed and you, you want to say to that person, it's, it's not for social media. If, if he's being an ass or whatever, like just keep it away from social media. It's because it just feeds it. And, you know, it's just, I think it's try and try and keep it to your best mates <laughs> or a therapist, you know, that stuff. Don't kind of post it online. Write a book like I did. Because <laughs> <You know, it's laughs> <funny. laughs> yeah, I guess for you is the added complexity of, you know, having a high profile yeah. divorce, right? And, you know, here we are, I mean, I'm nowhere near as well known as yourself. And I can only imagine the, you know, the impact I'd be feeling with friends and family, understanding what was going on in my life and I'm a failure, blah, blah, blah. But something's, it's very different when it goes to the media and it's and big in public. I mean, yeah. did that add, I can only imagine it, an extra layer of complexity for yourself as well. Yeah. I mean, look, I laugh now and say I didn't have to change my Facebook status to single, you know, it was all <laughs> over the Daily Mail and the Daily Tally and wherever else. Um, but yeah, of course, because you suddenly, you you feel like you failed on a grand scale. You know, it's not just your closest friends and family that know that things have, you know, gone tits up, like everyone does. And and for me, like Andrew moved on with Daniel Craig's ex-fiance. So suddenly there were some really hideous photos of me and then photos of her on Daniel Craig's arm looking glamorous at the Oscars. And, you know, there's me without my eyebrows in a photo from 2007 where I look pregnant when I'm not. And you're like, awesome. Yeah. This is great. You know, so that was, you know, and talk about, you know, Googling your, your ex's new partner. There's plenty to Google there. It wasn't just a quick Facebook stalk. I was like, awesome. But yeah, it, it was, it, it did have that added, um, glare I suppose on you know on on me um but I'd worked in the media for a long time um I'd worked in tv and radio and I understood how it worked as a publicist and I learned you don't comment you know when they call for a comment you don't because you give them a comment it's another day in the newspaper and you just had to sort of um take a step back um so yes, but but again now you know I'll still do something and it'll be like Joey's ex blah 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 yeah. and I'm like one day maybe it'll just be Catherine Mahoney does <laughs> but yeah I, I I also understand I was married to someone who was you know top of his game and and very very good at what he did so yes but we can laugh now can't we. Oh, I love it. I just love the humor from you too. Like, you know, and the lessons. And I think, you know, again, congratulations on the book. Um, I hope 
this particular caller, hopefully we've been able to normalize what you're going through. I mean, what is it like over 50% of families and then divorce or I don't know, some crazy statistic like that. Do you know the statistic? I um, think it's, yeah, it's over 50% now. I know it's crazy. It's crazy. And, and sadly it happens to lots of us, you know, but it's, yeah. but it's okay. And it gets better. You know, it really does. And, and in my book, I, I like, it's very, I'm very self-deprecating. I'm a big oversharer. You know, the first chapter is like, does my rock bottom look big in this? Where I had a disaster in LAX airport to get, get on the flight. And yeah, I talk about Tinder and first dates and first sex with someone that isn't your husband. And just, you know, cause it's, it's real. And it's, and it, you know, there wasn't, there wasn't a book like this on the shelves. Like I wanted like a Bridget Jones book out there. I didn't want a self-help book. I wanted to laugh. I wanted to feel like I wasn't the only one. And I wanted to know there's going to be a happy ending, you know, and there, and there is, there really is. I love that. Look, we'll put a link to um, your book in the show notes as well um, for those listening who would like to purchase. And so um, any final words of advice to this particular caller And before we wrap up? Um, I would just say, you know, to just to just get out there um, when she's ready. You know, certainly don't feel guilty because that's just, that is a waste of energy that you could be putting into your kids. You know, that everything she is going through is normal, that there are, you know, millions of women around the world that have sort of gone there before her. But, but yeah, I, you know, I always say, I always say, keep your friends really close. Um, you know, don't, don't tell your story to everyone, you know, cause I think sometimes then it takes energy and everyone wants the negative and they want to pick the bones out of your story and all pile on your ex. And, and that's not helpful. Um, but yeah, you know, and when she's ready, you know, it's actually wonderful to go on a date again and to have the butterflies and have the first kisses of someone. And, you know, I think there's, there is lots of excitement out there. Um, and also tell her, like, you know, blink and her kids will be at school. Two and four is tricky. Two and four is yeah. tricky, even with a husband. It's busy, yeah. you know, and, and in a couple of years, life will just feel so much easier. So yes, I hope that helps. Yeah. I love that. How can people find out more about you and all of the glorious initiatives that you've got going on, Kath? I've got, um, well, I've, I've have a podcast that's been going for three years called So I Quit My Day Job, um, where I talk to people who've made amazing career flips from one thing to another and have followed their dreams. So that's quite inspirational. I have a national column with Body and Soul, which is in all the Sunday papers. Um, I do not another parenting podcast with um, with Nova with lovely Sarah McGilfrey and yeah it's sort of Instagram and my book so that's kind of me. It's amazing. Thanks so much again for your time, Kathy. No, really thank appreciate it, Leone. Thank you. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to subscribe, leave us a review, and share it with your friends. Want to contribute to the conversation? Hit us up on Instagram at Parenthood Pod and join our Facebook group. Until next time. The Parenthood Podcast would like to acknowledge the traditional owners of the land we produce on, the land of the Wurundjeri people. We pay respect to their elders, past, present and emerging.